and welcome to Good Boys Gone Bland, Season 8, Episode 7, Role Models. I'm your co-host, Denali. I'm your co-host, Ryan, and I think James Corden is funny. Oh. Hail and well met, Ryan and Denali. <laughs> I am Glizzy of Glizorpia, and I am here with my sword, Barbangyama. I concur, Ryan. Uh, I also find James Corden to be quite amusing. Welcome. Uh, is this your first time at this event? Yes, Ryan. What is this event called? I can't quite read the sign from here. I had to leave my glasses at home. <laughs> uh, it. What does that say? Um, sorry, these are old contacts. Uh, Glizzlemania. Glizzlemania adventure in the Netherlands. That explains my hot dog sword and hot dog armor. Yes, we're and but it, one <laughs> faction. In the Netherlands. Are you not from Mustardopolis? I? Nay. You heard me. Nay, 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 nay. I preside in the lands of the Valley of Buns. <laughs> well, I bite my wiener at thee and challenge you to a strike battle. T hold, good sir. We have not oh? discussed your weapons, nor Ryan's. Uh, I, I shoot six shooters, baby. I got a little ketchup hey, packet. you can't, you can't. Can't use guns in this event. Can't use guns, bro. It's, they're not. They're not guns, dude. It's they're the time they're slingshotted. You can't. You put gunpowder no, on ketchup, anyways. You can't propel. You can't. You can't propel spells. You have to. Can I use a? I can use a slingshot, right? You can use thrown hot dogs like a. Can spear. I use a slingshot? You gotta. You have to throw them like the spells. If you if somebody catches you slingshot and spells, you could hit an eye, dude. Or I'm not fucking eye, dude. They can't. They don't have you, rubber. You don't back like projectiles then. at all. You can, you can use them. You it's have to throw them. It's gotta be thrown. Jesus Christ! Or, Read or the it's fucking gotta, manual. Or it's gotta be attached to like the end of a foam arrow. Can I tie a string around it and I can throw the same thing more than once? Make haste, knave, for I grow weary. <laughs> My giant sword, Barbangyama, <laughs> is coming for you. I have hot dog fists. I, I simply insert my hands into these giant, uh, short but wide hot dogs and use them as gloves. I have not seen a great master of the hot dog hands in quite some time. <laughs> squish, squish. Block, block. Well met, friend. Ryan, what do you carry? Apparently, just bottles of ketchup. Who puts ketchup on a hot dog? Heresy, I say. You guys don't put ketchup on your hot dogs? No, man. No. Okay, stop the bit. You put ketchup on hot dogs? <laughs> um, I yeah. am a heretic who puts ketchup on hot dogs. Okay. All right. Listen, I got You're half my family. Chicago. Half my family's from Chi-Town, and you do not put ketchup on hot dogs. It's mustard and relish and onions. Maybe, maybe like a spicy pepper. I'm not from Chicago. Yeah. Well, you're wrong, man. You can't put fucking, you know, you can't even get ketchup on your hot dog in Chicago. Where they invented hot dogs, by the way. I don't care. They invented hot dogs in Chicago? Um, I'm I looking I don't think that, that's true. I think that, that they're from right Germany. Huh. <laughs> I think it's this. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm looking up. Uh, it, was, it was invented in Frankfurt, Germany in what? You're going to tell me that the town that produced Kanye West can tell me what I can and can't put on hot dogs? <laughs> it produced other things, too. Okay, like uh, hot a giant bean? 
Is that even that city? I don't don't know. I don't know shit about Chicago. I I believe the artist calls it the cloud gate. Okay, hot dogs were invented in the late 1800s by a German person. Yeah, sausages Uh, have been around forever. I don't know why I'm asking that question. 1600s. Oh, guys, welcome to our show. Um, I didn't know. So I didn't want to Debbie down on that bit because I've been watching a lot of improv recently with Julie. Oh. But I didn't. I just wasn't. I thought every single time Jay spoke. Yeah. I thought he was gonna. That was like the bit. The bit was gonna be over every time he spoke. So like, yeah, I was caught one hundred percent off guard. Yes, and Ryan, you watch uh, whatever you call it. What's what's that? Who's line? Uh, who's line? Yeah, she, dude. So that's that's the one thing too. Is like, man, just to put it in a different like stratosphere. <laughs> they, I've never really seen much of the show at all. I didn't quite get it before now. And like, what we do, I dare to even like put it in the same category. Well, right, it's like the, the like, what what we do is funny because we're bad, but they're well, funny you, and know. like bad on purpose. Well, will we no longer be funny if we get kind of good? Fuck. We I think are that's good. Kinda, it's it's the uncanny valley, dude. Mm. Listen, honestly, we've done enough improv. The three of us, I think, we could be considered an improv troupe at this point. And whose line is like a professional NFL team? We're like a you know intramural like local team. Okay, and we're all virtual troupe, which is more challenging i think than in person so some might say we're a little more skilled um but folks if you're if you've been wondering what you've been listening to this (laughs) whole time this is a show a podcast even called good boys gone bland uh a podcast where we marathon 10 movies of a similar actor or subject we're on our seventh movie featuring sean william scott the most underrated actor uh, i think we're finding that (laughs) out Uh, we watched, what did we watch? Whose pick was this? It was my pick. Ryan's. We watched Role Models, I think from 2008? Hence the LARP yeah. bit. It's, yeah, it's the LARP the, bit. Yeah, yeah Jace was... And that's was, what we were doing. And that's... He was, he came in with the LARP bit. It's kind of an idea. I didn't catch it until about three minutes had passed. Oh. But, yeah, yeah I did, I'm sorry, Jace. The glizzy thing planning. was off the I'm dome. I'm too tired. I was that only was good, That was good. See, was... that's what threw me off, because that was too funny. Yeah. I only thought about <laughs> the sword of... The, the the sword name yeah oh, okay yeah, good job jace yeah because uh, like guys... in this movie they hold, well let's get off my toes uh-huh. the in this movie they there's you know community service involved and there's some larping involved so i mean you guys had texted me right about like well okay here's what happened is denali had finally disclosed how much work he puts into this podcast oh interesting yeah and then I was like, "Oh, hey, Denali, this week I'm gonna put my, uh, I'm, I'll put, I'll, I'll do the pre-show, or I'll do, I'll come up with a bit, right? So you don't have to do too much pre-gaming, oh, right?" And then Jace was like, he texted and he was like, "Yeah, we could do some LARPing," and uh, that was a really good idea. And I wish I prepared like a LARPing bit. Oh, we could do, we could do a LARPing bit if, if thou dost wanteth. We could keep LARPing. Um, I was gonna ask you guys about, about that. Speaking of which. Uh, have you guys like LARPed before? Do you guys own a boffer or anything like that? Or have you oh, guys... what? Well, in the uh, LARPing <laughs> community. <laughs> oh, don't well actually. <laughs> There's a the, the the tools that they use uh, is called are called boffers. They're usually wrapped in like foam and duct tape. You can usually buy them at like state fairs or ren fairs. Like I had a double sided Darth Maul one as a teen. Huh. I mean, we're all D and D. Are you expecting us here. to say cool? I I I'm I'm kind of pausing for applause here and uh, why just the feel free name? to react. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's the sound that it makes when it hits somebody. Mm. I, I don't know. It's it's, it's called a boffer, uh, and and unlike this movie, you don't just like clean someone's clock with it. You just you kind of like just kind of lightly hit them. You don't just fucking knock them out by hitting them across the face with it like a lead pipe. But I was kind of thinking about LARPing as a concept. Is there a way we can make this better? Is there is there a way we can improve LARPing? It's it's a very like it's kind of like D and D right now, where it's mm-hmm. kind of like this obscure thing in nerdum, where it's like if you do it, it's kind of weird. People still kind of look down upon you, like D and D was in the nineties. But is there a way to make it cooler or more accessible or more exciting? I think I think standardized rules. There okay, m- there like, might be. Yeah, some there might there might be, but they're not in pop culture. I'm less right? scared like, of this fandom than the furry fandom, so we can get things <laughs> wrong here. <laughs> Got a lot of hate mail for the furry for the furry jokes. Uh, oh, that could be a good crossover. Okay, introduce furries into yeah into not I, more than introduce like I, cultivate a whole subculture. I mean, that's cool. I feel like there might be a little bit of a Venn diagram there between audiences, right? Like, uh, I think I think we'll find some some welcoming uh, participants in both communities. Uh, I was I was thinking like maybe uh, introduce like new time periods for LARPing. Oh, so like maybe hmm. uh, maybe like two thousands. What? Oh. Yeah, yeah, like everyone's wearing like Matrix clothes. You know, and, uh, they have those yeah. at like dance clubs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you're, you're role playing though. You're role playing. <laughs> you you can do that there <laughs> and shit. Okay, fine. Uh, future. How, hey, find future. me a spliff. Go. <laughs> um, future. Uh, f- future role playing. The, so the, the problem is with like melee weapons, right? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the whole reason the the medieval thing is really popular is because they, they have swords. Technology right. So like limited. Yeah. You could do like a Star Wars one with lightsabers or something. That's fun. I mean, we probably run into some copyrights. So copyright we can make issues, them like, yeah. You know, like samurai laser katanas. Straw Wars. St- straw Wars. <laughs> so they're all they're all like, hey. Yeah, like, and you're also the straw. There's like straw tribes. There's the bendy tribe. Yeah. Faction. Oh, I see. And then there's the curly faction. And there's the paper faction. And then the boba. The 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 boba empire. Okay, that'd yeah. be sick. Um my recommendations so- on like a non entirely joke aside of it is that yeah. I think what I want out of it is counter to like the spirit of LARP. It, it's it's taking D D into the physical and taking it into the next level of immersion, mm-hmm. which is being able to do it physically. And yeah. it would be really cool if if VR was at the level that like you had the ability to experience experience that kind of same thing where you're you're yeah. in person, but you know it it would add to it. But I, I think those two things are subtractive. Like if you're in a giant warehouse where you mm-hmm. know it's relatively like super well made. Imagine we're like 50 years into the future, yeah. um, and it's like really immersive kind of VR. I think that would be cool. But at the same time, then you're not out in the woods. Yeah. With your bros hitting each other with foam, you know? So Yeah. I mean we can be real about even the state of D and D. It's like we all want to do remote shit from our house. Mm-hmm. So maybe integrating D V R that way. I don't know. Um TM, TM on that idea, VR LARPing. Uh to build off of Ryan's idea, I also think maybe even farther in the future. So farther than the future, um, we're all beings of pure light and energy, uh shooting uh energy waves at each other. How would you live action roleplay that? Well, we're, we're different different energy forms, and mm. we're, we're sh- shooting waves at each other. Um, vibrating. Vibrating. Um, and then maybe let's have another one that goes even farther in the future than that, and we're all just like muons. Is that anything? I like the straw idea. This really is a far. bit too highbrow for me. <laughs> okay, farther in the past. 
uh, before caveman, caveman LARPing, caveman Ooh. LARPing. <laughs> we all have, uh, we just have big clubs. That would be fun. We're throwing rocks, uh, pterodactyl strikes. That's... Yeah, we could be a woolly mammoth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jace? Well, I have a question. I, I right. feel like, wow, that's kind of. I always assume that live action role playing, like this movie, has an mm-hmm. essence of magic to it. Um, it could be magic in caveman time. <laughs> true, true. But I guess I don't know enough about the LARPing community. It seems like it would just be a Ren fair. You weren't able to cast Thunderbolt at somebody. Yeah, does I, it matter? I, I thought there was no magic in this movie. Well, I'm trying to think about because, like, in in Fantasyland, right? It's it's supposed to emulate like what, like 1200s medieval Europe or some shit. There's got to be a before time when you still had like wizards and shit, and they just maybe didn't understand like wands and and all that shit. Like magic probably still existed beforehand, you know, and they they probably didn't know what they were doing. Natural magic, man. Natural magic. (laughs) And maybe, you know, it's like you just you fling like a piece of duty on somebody and And they contract a disease. And they contract a disease. That's magic. Bingo. (laughs) Can't see it. Magic. Uh, start fire, and that's that could be considered there magic you go. as well. Um, can we go farther in the past where we're all amoebas? And See, we're all, once we're again, all, you're doing this yeah. thing where like you don't actually want to interact with other people. What? You no, just you want to like be... stand in a field apart from people and just kind of wiggle around. Amoebas fucking interact all the time, and they do melee. Hmm. Have you ever seen two amoebas do a sex pilus together? No. no. It's fucking gross. How? Uh... It gross by what standards? I think. Yeah. Look at, well, see, <laughs> what does two? it look like? I don't think I can imagine it being gross more than just like two amoebas sitting next to each other. Like, wouldn't be is gross. It, is an amoeba a multicellular yeah. organism or? Well, an amoeba. I think it is has a, stuff inside single, of it, right? But it's like cell. singular cell. It might have like yeah. a mitochondria. Okay. Yeah, and I, I was also going to say we can go farther in the past before amoebas and just all be prokaryotes, single-celled, non-organelled organisms. Are you, so you're just thinking Earth terms, like you're assuming okay. that there's no other life in the universe right now. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, going past, going mm-hmm. in the past could be more technologically advanced. They might actually have oh, magic, shit. bro. Oh, shit. old Earth. Oh, shit. shit. The old Earth civilization. Old Earth LARPing, and it's so futuristic. It's like Halo. Okay, I like and then this. there was the the dirt empire that colonized us and put a layer of a thousand feet of dirt over everybody, <laughs> and that's why they can't find them anymore. <laughs> I like this world building. Okay, any other ideas? Um, dinosaurs, man. I think you went dinosaurs. too far with the amoebas. Yeah. Okay. Dino larping. You're just back yeah. into scalies, dude. I don't. Dino- <laughs> <laughs> well. Okay. You know those T Rex suits that were really big in like 2016. Yeah. Those inflatable T Rex suits. I I hate to bring them back, but what if a field full of them maybe doing hand to hand combat? No, like I don't T-Rexes think it's just T Rexes, man. I think okay. you want like a Stegosaurus, like the centaur in this movie. You know. But they didn't exist at the same time, dogs. T Rexes and set and fucking Stegosauruses wow. were separated by millions of years. Same with the freaking cavemen and the. T- pterodactyls you were talking you don't about that. anyways well folks um <laughs> a, little, a little argument we're gonna there. take our time to transition into the next topic <laughs> here's some nice dinosaur sounds okay ryan what was what was your bit you said you had a bit planned oh, oh yeah ryan i have bit. a whole i have a whole bit and okay. uh oh please god don't be survivor man I it's an only but a goodie <laughs> it's an only but a goodie oh, uh, oh my god i don't uh. have a lot of Oh my god! Oh my god! I only had about three hours extra, so um, I didn't come up with a whole spiel to introduce the (laughs) audience to it. 
but the other co-hosts are aware that we're this episode we're doing gbgb survivor volume (laughs) three oh my god it's brains versus bronze versus beauty we got a tribe full of keanu reeves we got a tribe full (laughs) of anne hathaways and we got a tribe full of our very own good boy sean william scott (laughs) 39 days 18 castaways one survivor Now, last time we did this, we did a draft, okay? So what I've done is I've, just like the other two times, on BrantSteel.com, you can make your own reality TV simulations. I've retooled one, filled it full of our favorite GBGBs characters over the last few seasons. Now, I've also gone ahead and taken the liberty of editing their profiles to match their personalities. Like how well I think they'd be good. At, like different things should we explain but, what survivor is for <clears throat> yeah people? we're getting there like, we're I getting mean... there we're getting there so we have uh three tribes they're divided by they're divided by person and coincidentally i think each one of us submitted one of these seasons right because I, I submitted so. sean oh wait no i think i did uh keanu and uh Anne. oh you did yeah do you guys want to pick one tribe and like root for that person it's easier than doing a draft like last time um, if i'm going to be entirely honest with you I think of these, there's just no way in real life I wouldn't think that Sean William Scott is just the most well-rounded. Charismatic as hell. <laughs> okay. Strong as hell. I'm forcing this bit on you. And I guess, if anything, I guess his like wisdom might be... Well, no. I'm forcing this bit on you, but so you can go ahead and choose, you guys. But let's take a look at the roster here. Right. For the Braun tribe, we've got... Alex Weiler from The Lake House. It's Keanu Reeves, baby. We've got Jack Traven. That's Keanu from Speed. We've got John Wick. We've got Johnny Utah. That's Keanu from Point Break. We've got Neo. He's the Keanu from The Matrix. Is his last and name actually Anderson or did you just I take... I think so. It is. It yeah. is Anderson, yeah. <laughs> and we got Ted Logan. Ted Theodore Logan from Bill and Ted. And we should say, folks at home, uh, if you want to follow along, we're going to post the video for this. <laughs> or you can just do my awesome audio. You can do my awesome audio narration, and I'm sure you're not going to lose <laughs> yeah. a step. It's right? called Theater of the Mind. <laughs> the, uh, that's not a bad mix, right, guys? You got yeah. some action heroes. You got literal bending, like space-bending superheroes. And then you got the romantic Ted boy. Ted Logan. <laughs> and you got a dumbass. <laughs> Okay, for right, the Brain so we- Tribe, our Anne Hathaway tribe, we've got Andy Sachs from Devil Wears Prada. We've got Claire from Passengers. We've got Ella from El Enchanted. Badass. We've Gloria from Colossal. Has a mecha. Josephine Chesterfield from Hustle. Rich. Don't worry, I had to look all of these up. And Mia Thermopolis from Princess Diaries. Not bad, right? That's just I a teenager. Like, given Socially? Ryan's proclivity to hate Anne Hathaway, I feel like he's going to stack all of these terribly. <laughs> we, we've got well, we've got a person who controls a Godzilla, a kaiju. Okay, Ryan does we've love some, kaiju. Yeah, I love, I love me some kaiju. And then the beauty tribe, of course, it's, it was a shoe in. Uh, this is our Sean William Scott tribe. We've got Billy Hitchcock from Final Destination, the hockey player, the dumbass hockey player. Nice. We've got Chester from Dude Boys My Car, the dumbass stoner guy. <laughs> We've got Carr from Bulletproof Monk, like a literal god. We have Travis from The Rundown. He's like a Indiana Jones type thing. This We've is too stacked. Wayne it's from Evolution. Stacked. He's also a dumbass. 
And then we've got Wheeler from this week's movie, Role Models. Also dumbass. God. Okay, we should really explain what Survivor as a show yeah, is. Yeah, so, so like, now we've, we've we should have said that we got, earlier. We've got these three tribes. No, 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 it's fun. It's fun. It's the characters. People know what it is. It's been on there for 20 years. I think that was Survivor was a year and a half ago. We're yeah. going to run a simulation. And the show is like, you know, every week they go to tribal council and vote someone out. Right? And they, they live mm-hmm. on an island. And they do these funny little challenges to win immunity and stuff. And if you win immunity, you can't get voted out. Uh, and at the end, we're gonna get there's gonna be two people. This season has two people left to the end. And you guys can do a little role play for the final two. You guys can give your jury speeches. All right, sick. Oh. <laughs> um, and for also uh, for people like these are characters that we've seen previously uh, on our show I think as well. Like clear. we've done. We've done seasons. I mean, people might be hopping on on this season without. without well, that's too bad. <laughs> well, I just think it's good to that's explain. Too bad. I, yeah. Okay. I mean, if you don't like my bit, wait till next week, fellas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've already I'm put just three hours into making these character profiles. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> you know how hard it is to find these freaking images. Yeah, that's pretty good. Wow. <laughs> they have to be like the certain file type. I didn't even think about that. Okay. If you put half so, this effort in making our website, we'd be famous by now. <laughs> so I, off the air, I'm going to put the profiles on. Uh, you guys can see... Man, John Wick's going to smash. John Wick is pretty good. His I put his social skills down. Yeah, so not bad, right? Okay, all right. Let's keep... Okay, let's see here. I'm seeing a lot of... Neo is good. I John see. Wick is good. I thought you guys... This, I, uh, I agree Sean with, I agree Scott with a well. lot of these. I think right on on a, on like a on a glance a per glance basis. It's all relative, right? It's like John Wick and freaking Neil are on here. I would give Josephine Chesterfield a three in endurance. Wait, okay. Who's Josephine Chesterfield? She from the from, hustle. from the hustle because okay. there is an entire scene about her yeah, physically yeah. training. Oh, that's true. That's true. Oh, okay, that's a yeah. good point. I didn't take that into consideration. Okay, so here we're just gonna go, and don't All worry, right. I'm not gonna go every episode. Wait, wait, we're gonna do like who, four which, or five who's, episodes. Whose team? Whose team uh, are, are we on? I'll don't, take don't we each pick a team? Yeah, I'll take leftovers. Okay, Jace, you said you want to do beauty tribe. I I kind of like beauty. I think that's where I'm at. You know, the Shans. All right, you got the Shans, Jace. You know what? I think I'm gonna go with the brain tribe. Oh, I, nice. I want to I see Anne win this thing. Well, congrats to me. Um, I'll take the Keanu Reeves gladly. So let's do the opening <laughs> twist, fellas. Okay. So the opening twist, we're about to be marooned on an island for 39 days, and people are going to be voted out one by one. Which, which Who's going to be left over? We don't know. Uh, it's all random. <laughs> really, it almost is. Opening twist. So in this season, I don't know if you guys have seen Kagayan, uh... Each tribe selects a leader based on first impressions alone. Mm. So so the Keanu tribe selects Jack Traven from Speed as their leader. <laughs> For some reason. It's because he's a cop. The Brain tribe selects Mia from Princess Diaries as their the leader. The child. <laughs> and the Beauty tribe selects Wayne, who is Sean William Scott, as their leader. The dumbest fucking dude in the whole group. Okay, and then... The second part of this twist is that each leader has to then select the weakest player from their tribe based only on first impressions. Okay. And that weakest player is then going to be given like a choice that's going to impact the rest of the season. So Jack Traven from Speed selects Johnny Utah as the weakest player and did not choose Ted Theodore Logan, which is an interesting choice. Hmm. Um, Mia, Mia selects Ella Enchanted as the weakest player. That's a mistake too. The Huge only mistake. the only 
Anne Hathaway character with magical abilities. She's literally doing something physical in her profile picture. <laughs> yeah, she's doing the splits and punching someone. And then Wayne selects Chester from Dude Wait's My Car. That's totally fine. He's high. That's fine. That's honestly, yeah. I'd do the At same. At least the Final Destination guy was a hockey player. So the weakest players are then taken back to their to the tribe, to their camps, right? Yeah. Where they're living in the jungle. And they get there early. And they can take a clue to a hidden immunity idol. So they can, at one tribal council of their choice, they can be safe. Or they can take extra rice for their tribe. They can help their team or they can fuck their team and help themselves. What do you think is going to happen? Ooh. What's Johnny Utah going to do? He's, he's going to fuck the team. Mm-hmm. You think so? I think he's, he's going to help He's himself. going to take an idol? Yeah. He takes the rice. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Shows how much you guys team know. player. What about Ella Enchanted? I think rice. Mm, I, think, I think rice. I think she's going to do rice. I think the opposite. Let's reveal. She takes the rice. Wow. We got a, we got a team of good sports nice up in job, here. Nice job, Ella. Okay, what about Chester? What about this high dumbass? <laughs> I think he's going to take the rice because he's hungry. He's hungry, right? That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> yeah. He takes the clue to the hidden immunity idol. Wow. Good so thinking guys, ahead, buddy. <laughs> you, can't, you can't predict this stuff. You really can't. So we're going on to the immunity challenge. The first challenge. Uh, the tribes have to pull a cart and do all this shit. And at the end, they have to make a puzzle. And it looks <laughs> like the winners of our first immunity challenge are the Brain Tribe. Let's go, Anne. Let's go. It's Anne. And then in second place comes the Beauty Tribe, which makes no fucking sense. <laughs> hey, anybody can do puzzles. Sean William Scott, funny. right? Yeah, so that means... his nature channel. For our fans who are listening, that means... The first ever tribal council is going to be populated exclusively by Keanu Reeves characters. Uh, I don't there... can't like John can't like a uh, Neo stop time. Yeah, I mean, but he's not in the Matrix. He's in a, just an island in a real world. Oh, so, I definitely, I, mean, I definitely didn't need his stats or actual Neo. Oh, <laughs> I, I thought you were just going to do like the really skinny, frail guy who comes out of the computer. <laughs> Whoops! He's like, oh, I've got no bones. When he's born, I he's haven't like, eaten anything in my whole lifetime. I've been drinking jelly through a tube for forty years. All right, we're going to tribal council, Bells. Um, so the Braun right. tribe. Nobody yeah, has any Keanu's. eligible votes. Yeah, of course. Everyone. The first stupid. vote. The first vote is for Ted from Bill and Ted. Second vote is also Ted. He's a child. What is he going to do? Third vote is for Lake House Keanu. That's fine. He, he probably just weird, keeps man. talking about yeah. time travel and his non-existent <laughs> wife. My right. mailbox. Yeah. Fourth vote is for Ted. Oh, man. From Bill and Ted. Ted would be fun yeah. to have around. I know, right? He They're would, too serious would. over there. Fifth vote is Ted. That's enough. <sighs> Fuck. Uh, so Ted is the first person voted out of GBGB's Survivor Volume 3. Goodbye, Ted. Well, look... Look how fit the re- the remainders are in the team Keanu. Just, You've got like all of these jacked dudes. Yeah, like I, him from the lake house is seriously pulling their average down. I actually think that literally everybody, uh, every single Sean William Scott is more buff than every single John Wick, which is I insane. I, that's that is kind of insane. Like because I remember there look was at a the Reddit... biceps on the role models, dude. Yeah pretty good like i remember there was a thread about like what actor would have the most insane army made up their roles i remember keanu was like the always the highest one well to show you man shows what they know right so let's skip ahead right we're not gonna do this every single episode there's freaking 16 episodes in a season let's go to episode four okay okay oh which is the twist so look looks like sean william scott by this point has been sent to a couple tribal councils and He's voted off a couple of his uh, who we lost. Who who did we lose? We lost Final Destination, 
and um <laughs> and many others someone else <laughs> many others uh and hathaway also went to tribal council and voted out oh, someone shit you lost one fuck <laughs> who <laughs> i'm trying to i'm trying to mecca. Mecca. You just... lost mecca you lost um i don't oh, remember we lost the movie. colossal ann yeah colossal oh ann. man that colossal was ann. that's she the, was like... a fucking good player that's was she? Big... She controlled a robot. <laughs> Halfway across the world. Halfway across the world from Survivor, somebody was I fucked. I mean, what, in what universe is Claire from Passengers on that tribe and does not get voted out first? <laughs> She's a ghost, man. Okay, let's go to the hey, twist. We're supposed to have six teammates. Where's our sixth teammate? <laughs> Yeah, she she's in Ghost World, but she'll be kind of like sending messages from the other side. Okay, let's go to the twist. The puzzle pieces. Uh, <laughs> the tribe with the fewest remaining members will be dissolved. Oh. The remaining players are randomly distributed. And acid. No, I don't want your Sean's. <laughs> it's uh, a really deceiving wordedly twist or deceivingly worded twist because uh they mix it- up the tribes absolutely completely. Ew, I don't want these non ands in my fucking tribes. We have two tribes. new tribes. Two new tribes, guys. Mm, don't who, love who, it. You, who, who are you favoring? I'm, I mean, we got John Wick on one hand, but Neil's on the other. Okay, if Anne wins overall, I think I'll still be happy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my brain tribe, though. I think Braun. Yeah, Braun's looking pretty good. They're hot. Car is just so sexy. And we have the best glow-ups. Yeah. Okay, All so right, we'll uh, let's skip a couple eps. Once again, we're going to get down to the merge. Oh, dang it. Oh. oh. So we're going to merge, everybody. Uh, this is our new tribe. We're no longer brains and brawn. We're hopefully not just dudes. <laughs> Did um, they come up with that one? Uh, <laughs> no. The, <laughs> predetermined that. How is the, the lake uh, house still in here? I don't know, dude. I got some revelations to tell you guys about Lake House guy. Um, the who's our who's our standouts that are left? We got John Wick still left. Neo's still left. Bulletproof Monk Sean William Scott is still left. We lost Anne from uh, our role models. Sean William Scott is here too. I think we that's... lost Ella Enchanted Anne, yeah. who is my shoe in to take this whole thing. Agreed. Who's the who's the strategic threat? Strategic threat. So that's someone who's like really good at the gameplay, right? Yeah. Chester. Um, I think he's social, right? Yeah. Johnny Utah is like a classic strategic threat. Josephine Chesterfield. I feel like Josephine's going to be doing because her, her, she's like a master of deception. Like her right. whole thing is like conning people. I feel yeah, like she's she's a, she's a little the, social, a little strategic, right? Same with Johnny Utah though. He used to like mingle in a group, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I feel like he got he he got he flipped sides really quickly. Like he got inceptioned by Bodie. He played <laughs> in like one week. <laughs> What about our strength threats? I mean... John Wick? Probably probably John Wick. I'm probably going to guess Neo as well. Like, if he still got his Matrix <laughs> yeah. abilities. I mean, <laughs> he's got martial arts, and he could bend yeah. time with his mind. So let's uh, let's go a little bit further. Let's see... Let's actually... Let's do this immunity challenge. Let's see the first okay. person All who's right. voted out in the merge, okay? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, the Bermuda Triangles. Oh, the castaways. Oh. The castaways would stand on slanted slats over podium of the water. Regular intervals... They move up to a higher set of slats, making it harder to balance. I want last person left standing wins. I want to go and guys on record here and let the people that are listening to this know: if you've never watched Survivor, just Google longest Survivor challenges. People will stand on these tiny little fucking slats in the tropical sun for ten hours to win it's an bananas. immunity challenge. It in is a recent insane. season. They ended a challenge because everybody remaining in it um, had to poop. <laughs> wow. And at, 
a one I think one person already did poop and they had to oh edit God. out like a portion of the challenge because the poop was like on camera. Holy shit. <laughs> so that Look, yeah, so they, they leave it all. They leave it all hanging. Um so Neo wins from the Matrix. Uh not a big surprise. I feel like this might be a clean sweep from here on out. That um, is such bullshit, dog. <laughs> <laughs> you got a cyber god up in here. <laughs> Let's see who they vote out. And this is also going to give us an update on who has the immunity idols. That's a lot of fucking immunity idols. Three? What the so fuck? Lake House Four? has a hidden immunity idol. Role Models has a hidden immunity idol. And so does John Wick. But so does Jack. Speed, Speed Keanu has the super idol, which can be used after the votes are read, guys. That's a thing? Yeah. Wow. And Neo won challenge. So only a few people are like, unless they use it. So it's time to vote. If anyone has a hidden immunity idol and you want to play it, now it's time to do so. But nobody stands. They never do. So only Neo is immune. Even though these people have the idols, they're choosing not to play them. Let's get going. I'll read the votes. First vote. Andy. That's uh, Devil Wars Prada. That's... Oh, Chester. Dude, where's my car? No. Good choice. He's like a, Next he's vote. Like a boy. Jack Traven. From the uh, speed. He had an idol, guys. Remember, he had an idol. He didn't play it. They never do. Next vote, Jack. Next vote, Chester. No. Jack. Oh. Chester. No. Okay, that's four votes, Jack. Three votes, Chester. And one vote, Andy. We have three, three votes, votes left. left. <gasps> then Andy. Who's this freaking voting Andy out here? They're doing a split vote? Then Chester. So we're tied. Okay. Four votes, Chester. Four votes, Jack. One vote left. And the next person vote out of Survivor GBGB's Volume Three is Chester. Oh shit! You know, choice. there are some like <sighs> f some social faux pas that will get you voted out really quickly. Like I think maybe even in Kageyan, there was this one dude who was an athlete who was like, they were like, he's eating too many bananas. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that was here and here's versus villains. Yeah, I feel like Chester would have eaten too many bananas, and they'd be like, yeah. "We gotta vote him out because he ate too many bananas. He's not doing enough." And it's like, yeah, that's the type of game the Survivor is. It's weird. It is. It's a social game. People got voted out one time because uh, somebody won a papaya on a reward, but the reward was that you had to eat it in camp. <laughs> And someone and he just left it like sitting there, and someone wanted the leftover papaya, and oh it started like a God. big fight. <laughs> I mean, when you think about Chester too, he scorned so many people in Dude, Where's My Car? Yeah. Like, I feel like he made a lot of enemies. A lot of sense. enemies. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, we're down to our final eight. Let's skip ahead a few. Um, we'll go on episode 11, so we're at our final seven, you guys. We're getting down to the okay, end, because okay. at the end, only two go to the final travel council. And, okay, at some point in the last three seasons, big shocker, looks like Neil was voted out. We've pretty much, we've lost Neil, and we've wow. lost almost every single Sean William Scott besides Wheeler, and I think... Besides role models. Yeah. We got one four Keanu's, two Anne Hathaway's, and one Sean William Scott. Folks, can Andy Sachs from Devil Wears Prada beat John Wick, Johnny Utah, and Jack Traven? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's probably an alliance here, right? Right. There's probably an alliance so. between the social threats and the physical threats. There's probably two two factions. Let's go to the reward challenge. Oh, let's go to the mini challenge. Let's go right away to the immunity. You gotta dig in the sand and looks like Jack from Speed. It's another Keanu Reeves win for immunity. Woof, you guys. Another immune cop. Big surprise. Uh, <laughs> looks like some... <laughs> Welcome to America. Qualified. <laughs> um, it looks like a couple idols have been used, but this time voted out is Josephine, you guys. Oh, damn it. Another Anne casualty. Fuck. Yeah. I'm sorry. Come on, Andy. So we got only got one Anne left, one Sean William Scott, and four Keanu Reeves. Wow. Let's skip to the final. Oh, um, shit. This is gonna be. This is gonna reveal who's in the final couple. 
So do we have bets? Okay. I feel like John Wick's going to make it to the final. That's fucking a good bet. Alex fucking Wheeler's making it. I fucking hate that guy. Uh, <laughs> I, I want my... I want John Wick and Andy Sachs in the final. Like That'd I think, be good. did Kageyan have that one nerdy kid in it? Spencer. Uh, Spe- yeah, <laughs> Alex Weiler, Spencer. <laughs> Make clear. <laughs> okay, let's go to the final. Um, we'll see who is there. The last three. Oh man, <sighs> it's all Keanu's got, baby across the board. Two Tonys. <laughs> uh, Sean and Anne are both totally eliminated from this game. Think about that. Only three Keanu's have been eliminated. Jesus Christ. He's too powerful, he's guys. He's too powerful. They're all, he's so sexy. It's unfair. The, it's not fair. Let's see who wins the immunity challenge. This is the final immunity challenge of the entire season. We only read three out, guys, but there's like 15 in the whole season. It's amazing. Um, and as to no surprise, John Wick wins the final immunity challenge. What was the challenge? They had to collect medallions. Oh, this oh, yeah, one was likes- actually really good. And this, this is like one of the best challenges oh, in Survivor history. Yeah. Well, he likes so, those gold coins, man. It makes sense. Right. Let's go to Tribal Council. The only person uh, immune is John Wick, and he's the only person who can vote. And it looks like he votes out Lake House Keanu. He lasted too long. That guy, I don't know how. He, he, was, he was a sacrificial He build, was getting no... Oh, my God. There was a mailbox on the island, and he was getting yeah. letters. Oh, oh letters from the future? From the future about what to do. Oh, my God. So now is the time of the end. <laughs> When the eliminated castaways okay. have to vote for who wins the season. This Bro, is the big twist. This is the most is annoying the whole, thing about Survivor. This is the yeah, right, <laughs> but this is the concept in that the people you vote out end up deciding who wins. So you have to be nice to the people who get voted out. It's you know, jury play. Like you have to make sure your friends are on the jury, not your enemies. Mm-hmm. So we have John Wick and Johnny Utah in the final. Does anybody want to do a role play for us? Look at the characters here. We got a lot yeah. of Sean's and a lot of uh, Anne's. Well, really only a couple of Anne's. So me and Jace are going to assume one of these and we're both going to just make a speech, I'm assuming. Sure. Do defend. you guys have a favorite movie of the two? I mean, I feel like I lean towards Point Break. Unless Jace wants Point Break. We can we can rock, paper, scissors for Point Break. I prefer John Wick. Oh, okay. Well, perfect. I'll, I'll, I can't I'll, see I'll... either of your facial expressions, so... Uh... I'm just, I, I'm, you've just been talking to a emotionless screen. Yeah. You have to just talk to me. Okay. I'll do, I'll do Johnny Utah. If Jace wants John Wick. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's do, let's do a question. Um, I'll, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys questions. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So as the host, uh, Johnny Utah, can you break down your game and why the jurors should give, uh, you their vote to win a million dollars? Uh, well, thank you for asking. First of all. Uh, I mean, one one thing I think the people should keep in mind, and I'll look right at Chester, is that I've been very generous with food. Uh, you remember when my partner was asking for a meatball sub, I got him too. And uh, I think people should keep that in mind, how generous I've been throughout this game. I've been a good team player. Okay. John? Heather John? <laughs> what was that? Was that? Oh, I, I can answer Heather John. I guess. Heather John. Uh, <laughs> I went out. I've done my best <laughs> to get it here and, and pay off this debt. Pay, pay the debts. No, it's too Bronxy. I don't know. It's, it's, it's fine. No, dude, I'm go for it. Christopher Walken again. <laughs> I don't I want to get back home. You could just leave. If you... <laughs> I've got to earn it. Helicopters. And I've earned it. <laughs> okay. Thanks, John. A little depressing. Um, so our first juror uh, is going to be Wheeler from Role Models. Uh, Wheeler, what's your question? Well, what's up, guys? Uh, I just want to know. How, and, and John, you kind of talked on this a little bit, but like, 
have you, Johnny Utah, how have you given back to the survivor community? And how would you give back after you win the million dollars? I'm just going to say it's over. It's all over. We got you. And I'm going to, I'm going to win this. And, uh, the, well, the way the way I'm gonna give back, <laughs> what? <laughs> the way I'm gonna give back, you said to the survivor community. How have you given back to the survivor community already? Like oh, your teammates, and how will you in the future if you win the money? Yeah, um, I'm gonna scream and empty a clip into the air. Oh, fucking sick, bro! Wick, fuck the community. I want out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also gonna empty a clip. Also you respect can't do that. My thing. into Johnny Utah. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> also respect that. Um, okay, next juror. Was wearing Neo. a vest. Oh, it looks like Neo's... Neo's Just like the movie, I was wearing a vest and he didn't hurt me. Neo is uh, indicating that he's passing on his question. Um, Mia Thermopolis <laughs> from The Princess Diaries, Anne Hathaway. Her question... Uh, go ahead, uh, Mia. Uh, she she said she, she passed it to me on this note on this piece of paper. So she doesn't, she doesn't want to okay. talk. Um, she said, if you could be the ruler of any country, which would you rule? Uh, sweet. I, I would, I would rule, um, let's see. And he, he'll kind of like look at Mia and try to remember where she's from. Where's she from? Uh, surf, uh, <laughs> meatball subville. Okay. Uh, Wick? Freedom. The, the country of freedom <laughs> where, where I can get out. I can be done. Okay. Uh, thanks guys. Everyone can uh, be done. Get me two. No deaths. Two meatball subs. <laughs> okay, our next juror. Live their lives with their dogs. No, you, no, John, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to cut you off. No cancer. Um, our next juror, <laughs> Chester from Dude, Where's My Car? Sean okay, William okay. Scott's character. Um, She's going to come up with this question. What, dude? Like, where's your favorite, like, meatball sub? Oh, glad you asked. Double ones. Two of them when there's two of them. That's my favorite uh, type of meatball sub is, uh, <laughs> is two, two meatball subs. Oh, sweet. Two meatballs, two bun halves, uh, two quarts of sauce. Oh, sweet. Okay, dude. Like John Wick, dude. Honey hole sandwiches in Seattle, Washington. <laughs> All right. Oh, is, is that it, really? Is, <laughs> is that in? Is that in America? That is in America. Yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> okay. Uh, and now our final juror, because everybody else is uh, in the uh, cutting room floor. Um, Lake House Keanu. He says, "Oh, what's up, guys? If you could like." Write a letter to anyone in the past? Who would it be? <laughs> My dead wife. <laughs> Ooh. You feel me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, if I could write a letter uh, to somebody in the past, I'd write a letter to myself, uh, warning myself that I was going to get double-crossed by myself. Uh, I betrayed myself in my badge by joining that surf gang, and I will write a letter to myself saying, hey, buddy, watch out for yourself, because um, uh, you wanted to go surfing so bad. So I think that's what I do, but I just wow. I love surfing, and um, okay. I love meatball subs. If that's you enough. don't vote for me, I'll be forced to kill you because I'm a world-class <laughs> assassin. Okay. And... And scene. Um, <laughs> let's go to the reunion. We'll see the votes. How the jurors voted for who. Now, this is the opposite. You want to see your name. They're voting for who should win the million dollars now. Okay, the finalists wait for the winner to be revealed. It's time to reveal the winner. The first vote goes to John Wick. Second vote goes to Johnny. All right. Third vote also goes to Johnny. All right. Two for, vote, two for me. Get me two. John votes. Wick. Freedom. We're tied at two oh, votes. We both got two. 
Next vote is for Johnny Utah. Oh, oh man. This next vote could be it. It's, if it's for Johnny Utah, he wins the million dollars. Oh, the sixth vote goes to John Wick. Okay. Oh, man. Guys, this is the last vote. This is the last okay, vote. Wait. Wait, can I just talk to John real quick before the yeah. next vote? Uh, I just kind of saw it, but let me just <laughs> let me just talk to John real quick. Uh, listen, man, no matter what happens, I just want to let you know that it's been an honor uh, being on this island with you, man. And, uh, you know, maybe you should stop killing those folks or something. I don't know. John to Dane him with a response. <laughs> Freedom. All right. Uh, cool. Okay. I went out of the cave. <laughs> and our final vote goes to... Johnny Utah. Oh, apparently I miscounted. There's more votes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll empty another clip production, in the air baby. out of frustration. This is, this is the high production quality we got here. Uh, and the next vote goes to John Wick. Wait, so how, what's the count? We're tied. Okay, John, I want to talk to you again. Listen, man, no matter what happens, it's been an honor. No matter what happens, I'm getting out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> And Utah, get me a full vote and get me a winner. Right. Meatballs. And now I think we actually do have the final vote, right? It's got to be. Is it nine or ten on the council? I think it's nine. Oh, hey, it has to be odd, huh? Yeah, because I thought it was seven, but that's apparently I was very much incorrect. Right, the Survivor so, fan. Who the fuck? Okay, uh, four votes, Johnny. Four votes, John. And the final vote goes to John Wick. John Wick gets up no! out of his chair, grabs the money, and leaves. <laughs> the final vote count was five votes, John. Four votes, Johnny. Johnny empties a clip in the air. Wow! Congratulations, John Wick. You win a million dollars, and you're finally out of the game. John Wick shoots an assassin that was in the crowd that was sent to. Dead. And look at this. <laughs> the fan favorite award goes to Chester. Chester. Good fan job. fave. Good I'm job. glad that Sean won something here. And honestly, I saw this shit coming. I knew fucking John Wick. John Wick. Wick. So <laughs> gonna take it. every simulation I've done. Yeah. Because I can re-roll essentially. Uh, right. Either John Wick or Lake House <laughs> has gone to the end. <laughs> Lake House? Skianu? Wow. Why yeah. is he so stacked? Foresight. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, what are Lake House's stats? Like, why is he so good? I don't know. Want to look at it for a minute? I think this is kind of like the <clears throat> mid-player fallacy with uh, with Survivor, where it's like people who are really mediums end up surviving. Absolutely. He's got good social and good mental. Wow. And good strategic, I guess. He like, has almost the same exact stats as Josephine Chesterfield. Actually, maybe a little... Huh. Yeah, about even. Ted's stats are the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> He's bottomed out on everything besides social. Uh, yeah, I had wow. to get social. Um, Congrats, John Wick. Yeah, that was fun, guys. See, it's not too bad, huh? <laughs> and and Ryan, you did you did uh, you know rig the game so that we'd get the money for the John Wick pro cross promo. Uh, seen John Wick in theaters, John Wick Four. Yes, we very much have a lots of money coming our way. So, folks, Ooh. go see that good movie uh, because he won. He won our Survivor game. Okay, not so bad, huh? So we've got to talk about role models now, huh? <laughs> now we talk about role models. All right, thank you, Ryan, uh, for the Survivor game. It's been a while. Like, when was the last... Well, that's the problem, guys. I really didn't want to do it. But then again, like, it's been so long. It's been since the season before Keanu. Who was that? Yeah, I think it was our holiday horror season, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Krampus. And we had dogs. Um, yeah, we can... <laughs> it was dogs, We had holiday horror, and like Matthew McConaughey, I think. Didn't a dog take it all? Wasn't it Airbud? I have no recollection. And we, there was a whole convo about how the dog social game would come into play. <laughs> there was like Matthew McConaughey True. with like six dogs on his team. And also like Michael Myers was there. Like... <laughs> 
Mike, are you going to cast your vote? <laughs> Stab who you don't want to vote for. <laughs> All right. Should we get into this dang movie yeah. that we watched, um, let's be real, a, a while ago? <laughs> we had to reschedule our recording a couple times. Two weeks ago? Which is why. A week and a, a half? At least a week and a half, um, folks. Folks at home, this, we don't normally do this. We had we had some busy schedules, which is why we're delaying so hard on giving a review from Role Models because we have to remember what happened in this dang movie. Um, I'm looking at my notes; it's completely nonsensical. Just one sentence reactions to what I'm. <laughs> yeah, too. That's how I felt with, felt with the movie we had to watch with Kaimi. <laughs> uh, so Ryan, it, this was your pick. Do you want to uh, give yes. like the spiel? Yeah, unfortunately, you got to listen to me talk a little bit more. We got Role Models. It came out in 2008. Middle of the rider strike? Wow. Really? Yeah. yeah. And uh, there's these two guys. They both work at the same company. They go door to door to different like middle schools. School to school. Yeah. And sell energy drinks and say, do energy drinks. Don't do drugs. <laughs> I forgot and Probably worse for you. <laughs> after a really bad day, Paul Rudd, the main character, he crashes his minotaur energy drink truck into school property and uh sean william scott just kind of caught in the crossfire right mm-hmm. they both get sentenced to the community service and their community service is to mentor uh in a big brother program they they pick up a couple of mentees who are kids who don't really fit in with not only their own peers but with other mentors and they kind of this oddball sort of situation happens where paul rudd mentors christopher mince plass's character augie he's the larp head that's what we were alluding to most of the plot is about the larpin and then sean william scott's character wheeler he's the kind of like the cool guy right and he mentors ronnie a troublemaker oh a young little probably like what third fourth grade troublemaker um yeah hijinks hijinks ensue guys this this movie it came out november 7th 2008 uh it debuted number two in the box office, making $6 million. I think it did pretty well. You guys probably remember when this came out. You know, we were we were kind of entering high school, probably like the perfect age I would to watch have sworn a movie like it was this. later. I would have sworn. Yeah. yeah. This movie made $92.4 million off a budget of 28. So this is like a huge success. Wow. Uh, for a movie like this. It opened number two. Can you guys guess what was number one this week, November um, 7th, 2008? Hangover wasn't hangover i'll give you a hint though it is a sequel to an acclaimed animated comedy i'll give you two points if you can guess the full title ice age this was two a huge sequel it wasn't ice age Two: the meltdown to an anim um let me know when you want another bugs hint. life too that never came out <laughs> cars might it, might it have been the um it wasn't cars two the what movie couldn't we watch with like red riding hood hoodwinked was this potentially hoodwinked too you think Hoodwink Two would be number was, one? Dude. Was number one in the box office? <laughs> Hard to say. Forty million dollars. <laughs> it made seven million times its budget. Um, an animated comedy, you say? Yes, yes, yes. In November, is it one we would know? Like, like, is it one we would know? Absolutely. And if I reveal anything else, I feel like you guys will get it. Um, okay. I like this because the audience could play along too. Okay. That's there a, was I was gonna say Shrek two I think came out way before then way before right? it then. did yeah it's not are we Shrek taking two. you're saying sequel not like threequel it's a sequel number sequel. two okay number two okay. Monsters Inc two it's not Monsters Inc oh. two and that's Monsters University do you want to do you want a hint do, voice yeah. actor or be, something I'm gonna be very careful about my hints okay. here no you can do that yeah it's fine it opens with 
baby versions of the main character. <laughs> what? 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 God. Baby versions? The baby versions of the main characters is is how it opens. Is it like a is it a big Disney IP? It's not a Disney IP. Babies? Okay, I will I will name one one voice actor, Ben Stiller. <gasps> oh, okay. I think I know it. Madagascar okay. 2? Escape it's, to it Africa. Madag- yes, it's you got it. Madagascar wow. 2 Escape to Africa. Ryan gets two points because I said he would if he gets it. Yeah, I like um that. number three in the box office this week is a threequel and it is a Disney movie and it is huge. Cars three. It's on its it's not Cars Three. It's on its third week here, and I'll give you a hint. Toy Story Three. It has basketball in it and maybe some singing. High school musical three? It is high school musical three. Wow. Seems wow. innate. Yeah. See, that's that's what I mean. Role model seems yeah. way that post that, right? Yeah. This is insane. And I'll I'll do this is the last one I'll do. This is number four. This is in the same vein as this movie. We're talking same comedy. I'm thinking probably like similar director as well. Uh, this is a comedy starring Seth Rogen. It's in its first Pineapple week. Pineapple Express. Not Pineapple Express. But you're on the right track. Knocked up. It's not knocked up. Well, okay then. I don't know why I'm thinking super bad, but... It's a movie about filmmaking. Uh, Mac- Z- Zach and Mary oh, make a porno. Zach and Mary make a porno. Yeah, JJ, you got it. <laughs> you got it first. <sighs> Zach and Mary make a porno. I remember I watched that um, on my iPod Nano. When it when it came wow. out, what? wow! Yeah, I think my friend in my Boy Scout troop had it, and he put it on my iPod Nano, <laughs> and I watched I watched it like on a campout on like a tiny screen that's like the size of like man the things like we thumb. had to do back in the day. I know it was crazy shit. Uh, do you guys remember seeing this movie back then? I, yeah. I definitely didn't see it when it came out because I would have sworn it was like 2011. Mm-hmm. I think we watched it maybe like on DVD at my house a few yeah, times. Yeah, maybe that that sounds right. I think this was actually maybe a, even a blockbuster purchase for me. Mm-hmm. I think I think my dad rented this one, and we. I think I also remember it was the unrated version as well. Did you guys and, watch the unrated version? Right. I can't. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I think the default is the unrated version, which I guess yeah. is that's why I saw boobs. <laughs> Right. right like what was it with comedies in the 2000s with having unrated versions where it's just dicks and, and boobs. boobs and like every, and it's like this adds so much to the movie that it has to, you have to have a version yeah to it's like include really it. strange too because like the they're basically saying the only reason we took that out is because they made us <laughs> let's be clear <laughs> really i was weird. excited about that as a teenager, like, oh, we're oh, watching gosh. the unrated No, we would watch version. an entire movie if that was on, you know, the prospect. Dirty. <laughs> I mean, do you guys remember that movie Sex Drive that was around this era that yeah. made fun of, like, unrated versions? Like, there was this, in the unrated version, there's, like, entire scenes where it's just zoomed in on this guy's balls instead of his face. <laughs> <laughs> and the audio is the same. What? what? <laughs> it's so funny. Wait, what? I don't remember that. Yeah, and then, like, there was another scene where... In the original movie, the guy's like running naked through a cornfield, but it shows the top half of his head, and he's like, "Oh, these people are coming after me!" I remember. <laughs> and just the remember camera that. is just replaced <laughs> with just the bottom half, and it's just the thing swinging back and forth I think for I watched so that. long. I think I watched a Jake's Garage. Yeah, <laughs> it, like like that was my favorite unrated version because they just <laughs> they just like ruined the movie because it was so much. But uh, going into this movie, Ryan, because we, we, we've been sharing a rental, we figured out that we should share an Amazon account. 
and seeing you rented the unrated version, I was like, Lord have mercy. <laughs> this was also Amber's first Sean William Scott movie she has ever seen. No, what? Um, she hasn't been watching. <laughs> this is like the worst fucking movie for her to watch. <laughs> and then within like, I think 10 seconds, she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> This is, the rundown? this is no, rife man. with 2000s era comedy faux pas Holy that it's just shit. like does not hold well up. that's one thing too is like it's it's when they they were like we're at the height of comedy where all these jokes are the funniest they'll ever yeah. be we're gonna make all these jokes <laughs> and then within about five years we realized that like all their jokes were in really poor taste yeah oh man this was like peak shock humor yep and, right. and granted Sean William Scott, who was first billed in this movie, he delivered on that shock humor mm-hmm. <laughs> with huge effect. <laughs> like, I can't even say it. But, like, what the things he would, he said to, like, the middle schoolers that were making fun of him <laughs> in the cow costume. Yeah, it was not smooth at all. It was just, like, boom. <laughs> Let's be clear, too. Like, yeah. I thought, I was, like, I'm watching that movie. I'm giving yeah. it a first shot. And I'm, like, yeah. you know, that is something that a middle schooler would say. Yes. To an adult. Let's see how the next 15 minutes of this movie go. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, God. It was it was like shocking. And, and it was like every 10 seconds. It was like, I felt pretty bad laughing, but me and Julia had a good time watching this movie. Let's not. I, I mean, yeah. I, I felt yeah. bad, but we, we really did laugh a lot during this movie. But a lot of the time we were laughing at the fact that like the audacity of them to right, right. say that <laughs> uh i want to point out that it was yeah. directed by um david wayne who directed my favorite comedy movie wet hot american summer mm, i didn't know that yeah and so the the sense of humor is not the same because he didn't like write it you know but like yeah it it's kind of that like irreverent you have to buy in completely to the universe type of humor and like the logic doesn't make sense like they're an energy (laughs) drink company and they go to middle school to tell kids not to do drugs (laughs) like doesn't make any sense but like oh it's david wayne that's actually one of the more sensible plot lines um so the big tip off for me was that it has ken marino in it who's like one of my favorite actors ever he plays the Mm -hmm. stepdad um, right. Augie's stepdad, who was a total dick to him. And I love Ken Marino. He's my favorite character in Wet Hot American Summer. So knowing stuff like that, where he, because him and David Wayne have worked together, and he put the character who's supposed to be like the bad guy of that portion of the story, but he put a comedy actor in it. And so that kind of made the blows soften a little bit, where if they put like a really serious drama actor in the position of like the angry stepdad who doesn't understand his kid it would be a different tone right yeah Mm. totally i mean this movie is stacked with improv actors like all from second city groundlings well and that's the thing too i read about the the writer strike it apparently they were improving so much that the writers as they were filming they were rewriting later scenes in the movie to fit with whatever the best improv scenes were (laughs) and so the plot would like make sense when Uh, They left that in. But the writer's strike happened in the middle of filming. And so they had to stop doing that. So sometimes a lot of the jokes like never followed up on or they kind of just seemed like the pacing is off. Maybe because like they were they could improv a little bit, but then 
they had to stop at some point. I don't know because they don't film things in order, right? You know, they film things randomly. Hmm. Yeah, J- Jace, what were you gonna say? Uh, one of my favorite scenes, and I think because we're talking about the shock humor, is that like a lot of the humor of this that wasn't shock humor was so funny. Like the stepdad yeah. being like, uh, "You know how he is," or something, and then like, yeah, yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then Paul Rudd's like, "How he is." Right. <laughs> you have like the side eye from the stepdad, and it's just like, oh man, this guy's a dick. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like Jane Lynch's character is so good. She was so like good. She, this is the perfect casting because Jane Lynch always plays Jane Lynch, right? And like this one, they let her buy into her character one hundred percent, which is like totally David Wayne style. And I th- usually am annoyed with her when I see her, but. In this movie, I, I think she did a really good job, and she's hilarious. Yeah, to speak on like what you were saying, Ryan, about like how this was seemed all improv, like the narrative logic doesn't make any sense because they get in trouble, right? And like, what the fuck is this program? Yeah, <laughs> like they're they're taking like these adult men and pairing them with children to like hang out with all day like it's just it's really fucking weird and they're like okay go go take this child unmonitored and then just like hang out with him all day long with no supervision like immediately me and amber were like what the fuck dude and like immediately you have someone like sean who's taking this kid into some really bizarre scenarios the The gun is his dick whatever yeah yeah like i i really liked sean's i mean his character was saying some crazy ass shit in this movie but i do think he was playing off his strengths here first of all he's fucking shreddy he has a he funny is dynamic yoked. He's dude fu- i have an entire paragraph in my notes <laughs> about how ripped he is he's he's getting more shreddy i think with every movie we're seeing it's crazy he's like wolverine yeah uh even even in the beginning where he's just in the mascot suit just doing physical acting or he's just like dancing around it's already funny and then once he starts kind of getting into the actual role his dynamic with paul rudd i thought was pretty good yeah his delivery in this movie i think was better than a lot of his other comedy roles we've seen especially like consider dude where's my car where like Mm -hmm. he's playing that role up to like a slapstick and like after he says a line, you can almost like it's like a sitcom where there's, mm-hmm. but there's no laugh track. Like you can almost right. hear him wait for it. But in this movie, everything is played straight. Everything's played in the real world. So it's just like one joke after another sometimes. It reminds me a lot of like forgetting Sarah Marshall in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's very the, tight writing. Yeah. Right. The the writing is is tight, but then again, like every time someone pops up on the screen, like, oh like Keiko <laughs> yeah. Michael Key was in this, but he was totally underutilized. He had two lines and he was just <laughs> One of the great sketch actors of probably of our era. Um, and, and to be clear, like we're talking about how like shockingly offensive this movie was. But honestly, it was pretty funny still. Like, of <laughs> yeah. course, there were certain jokes that like I couldn't laugh at. But even the ones that were writing a line, just the way that they were delivered was was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> like we found ourselves laughing a lot, even guiltily to this movie, which which, you know, honestly... <laughs> It is entertaining, even if we can't like fully endorse it. There's jokes that are legitimately yeah. good. Like yeah. uh A. D. Miles, who's also in Hot American Summer, when he's uh he's the nerdy old guy. He's the nerdy older, the big. Right. So he's always the one that was like trying too hard. Yeah, yeah. And uh when he's <laughs> pooping so when he's pooping at the camp, like there's this a good cutscene. He's just taking a dump in the middle of their camp. Just holding a conversation. 
And like it's so out Does of he place. Grunt it's in the middle movie. of it. Yeah, like he walks he out and he's in like, the middle of a sentence. <laughs> it's like how many improv takes was it until he was like, "Let me grab this bucket." And start yeah, shit. yeah, no, exactly stuff like that. Like you don't know how much. That, that's what I like. There's this gray area of you don't know how much is in the script and you don't know how much mm-hmm. is just the actors going for it. I bet you, Sean, I don't know if Sean comes from an improv background, but I bet you he'd be so good at, in that space, just delivering different versions <laughs> of the line. Like, yeah. The improv, the knowledge of this, the improv thing is kind of making things develop in my brain. I have a note in here that like when we first get to the LARP scene, I had from what I took out of it, I was like, I wrote down main character syndrome on the liege guy. So like the the right. main nerdy kid has a friend who's from Xanthia, who's obviously his LARP buddy. And he walks up right. and he does the hail and well met. And he just goes <laughs> on and on and on. And I almost have to imagine that they were like, go fucking buck wild with it, dude. And he's just like, wow, yeah. <laughs> he was so good in that space. That dude was definitely like a theater kid at some point. And I think he was too good. What gives it away is that the younger guy that's like his partner or his his apprentice is yeah. just standing there like wide eyed. No idea what to say. <laughs> Also, to point out, like, Sean in this movie has a pretty sick vintage Bronco that I feel like would be worth a fuckload nowadays. I feel like everyone's trying to get that. And he lives in Venice. Like, dude. this dude is probably so goddamn rich. And the, the, <laughs> so, <laughs> the thing, too, is, like, he's in a, he's in a bungalow yeah. in Venice with these like this cool car and he has like an okay job and he just parties like 24 <laughs> 7 this dude's living the he loves yeah, his life he's he right. says it multiple times but then at one point the movie gets really serious and uh paul rudd's playing the scene for a joke but sean william scott says like you're my best friend right and like mm-hmm. paul rudd's like oh we're just co-workers and like i get right. that on such a fundamental level as someone who like moved to a new city to to get a job and the only people i know in the entire city i've been here for three years practically the yeah. only people i know are my co-workers mm-hmm. and like it gave me a different side of sean william scott's character where he's not this person who's like he goes to parties and stuff we see that aspect of him but like on his day-to-day life, Paul Rudd is the person he spends the most time with. And that's, like, real. Damn. That's not, like, some, yeah. <laughs> oh, how do they know each other? Oh, they're from, oh, maybe they knew each other from high school. We don't really develop that at all. There's one joke about it. But, like, in this, there's these are adults who have some sort of adult relationship with each other that's totally foreseeable. And though how they play in that space is believable to me because it's not like they're not doing all these wildly fantastic things to show their devotion for each other. A couple of times in this movie, they are like, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. And towards the end, they reconcile in like a really, really mature way. And Sean William Scott's like, I'm just doing this for the kids. Yeah. And like, that's so deep. For this, for a comedy movie, you don't see that out of like, you know, Step Brothers and stuff. It reminds me more of like Superbad, where the friendship is really the story. And it's not about going and getting drunk and partying. I think it's it fits with the genre of like platonic friendships, like the value of that. I mean, kind of like in I Love You, Man, where someone's just navigating adult friendships. Right. That's a good point, dude. Like a lot of our lives are dominated 40 plus hours a week with our jobs. That's our only social circles. Especially in America, we're like kind of all fundamentally alone unless we really, really try hard to break out of that box. Um, you know, even like I, I think I told you guys before, like in Korea, my grandparents, they still have their tight group of homies that they've had 
since they're in elementary school and they still meet up like once a week on the dot always you know and like they have they have they kind of prioritize friend clusters but you know i feel like we really don't do that that much here you know and it's like if all we have is our coworkers, man fuck like what happens when you get fired or laid off for moving well, right you know? too and like it makes me think about us shit Danelle, yeah. you texted me the other day and you're like facebook says we've been <laughs> friends for like 14 or 13 years or something yeah yeah that's bananas <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, I've known these my coworkers for three years and they know like everything about me. So, I mean, I totally get it. And it reminds me a lot. Once again, I'm going to keep coming back to this, but it's by the same director. Wet Hot American Summer does the same thing in a way where like they're summer camp buddies and they're like, we're best friends yeah. at summer camp. I'm going to go back to my normal life and you don't go to the same school as me. Oof, and man. it's mm. like, that's hard, dude. That's hard. And it's in anyone who's had really close work friends and then changed jobs can relate. And I feel like that's everybody. And it's it's sad. It's like the season's changing, you know? Fuck. Oof. Anyways, let's think about funny stuff again. <laughs> the... Hey, did you guys catch the Ben Affleck thing? I was literally yeah, yeah, yeah. about to say that. Okay, our, the because... references to our favorite dude. Right. right. That joke is just so out there. But the obscurest part, he said, right. come on, reindeer games. Yeah. Right, right. And that movie was too obscure for us <laughs> to watch on an entire podcast season devoted to Ben Affleck. Like, that's a that's deep cool. cut for this, like, seven-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and and tied into that, that was a line in Avengers, which Paul Rudd was in later. What? Really? Iron Man calls Loki reindeer games. He's like, let's do this, reindeer games. Oh, I think that's more of just, like, he has antlers on his head i know but he's referring to the (laughs) paul rudd's in that franchise and paul rudd says a line maybe this is we found our link yeah i found we found the link let's dance ben affleck um to talk about sean and his little scenes (laughs) together (laughs) it was like okay i think at the time i was like wow it's so cool that they're bonding and connecting they're playing xbox and partying together (laughs) but now looking back as an adult it's fucking weird he's like talking about really sexual things to this kid man i don't know i don't know if it really holds up in that regard and then he just like leaves him at a party too where they're just like doing drugs and shit yeah at least they cover i'm i'm glad they cover that yeah like the mom is like what the fuck is wrong with you why did you do that exactly jason i totally agree and like the i think the problem that these movies once again we talk about this all the time but like the problems that movies of this era in the comedy Mm -hmm. genre have is that the audience might not be able to tell whether the people who are making the movie are trying to condemn that behavior or not Mm -hmm. whereas like jace just mentioned an example of an in-universe character looking down on the characters and saying that's not okay but it's not overtly clear whether the audience should be like you know kind of feeling the same as that character or right sean william scott's character who did the bad thing and so like i think denali was seeing in that way the, what you're saying is like the audience is seeing, seeing this and might think it's advocating and jace is like well the in-universe characters are seeing it and condemning and those are both valid ways to see it but like i like when my movies <laughs> make it very clear that like it should be bad we go we go back to ghosts of girlfriends past yeah i mean that's pretty it's pretty he- i mean that's kind of heavy for uh for uh a comedy to be specifically touching on you know i don't know that they had that goal besides yeah. besides furthering the relationship between ronnie his mother and then sean william scott which we come back to later where he's like i fucked up can i hang out with your kid i think i think they're you know trying to use him as a cool sleazy role model which you know we know is bad and that's literally right. just 
fully personified. I think, yeah, they, they probably just weren't thinking about it very hard yeah. in this movie. They were just like, let's just have something buck wild. <laughs> but just, just again, just like watching it like oh, right now, sure. it was it was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, I liked um, also the contrast between Sean William Scott and Paul Rudd's character as well. Uh, we kind of talked about how they're both kind of fundamentally sad on the inside, but you have Paul Rudd who's wearing business casual the entire movie <laughs> show that he's dead on the outside completely and he kind of comes out of his shell uh and you have sean kind of just wearing like affliction shirts the whole time <laughs> and you, you kind of like realize he's also kind of compensating for that same i guess adult deadness too and uh seeing them both kind of overcome that and also just kind of grow into each other too was was a cool part of the movie like i liked kind of the wrap-up of this it's Interesting to me that the character growth for Sean William Scott was finding like two people that he connected with and could like and mentor and being a part of that. But at the same mm -hmm. time, like beyond his friendship with Paul Rudd, he's got a pretty like continuing he's pretty that he's like he's like, oh, I love my life. It's like yeah. he's not working too long. He's having a lot of fun. He owns a house. It's such a weird juxtaposition versus yeah. the guy who's like, I need to get married. And they were I think right. they were like, we're 33 or, or something like that. <laughs> I mean, like Swiss is living the life that was like promised to us in 2008, where it's like you can get a bungalow in Venice Beach. Yeah. You can drive a fucking Bronco work just like a really chill job that doesn't take over like your life too much where you're just like driving around this cool jeep and make a ton of money and play video games and have friends and shit and be able to fucking larp whenever you want all of a sudden and you know have hobbies like what the fuck guys yeah right <laughs> yeah what happened to that why, world why? why are we working 45 hours a week the, the worst part of, <laughs> the worst part of this movie is that they're drinking so much of their product that they're literally like in king kicking and pissing lime green that was such a funny gag. <laughs> They're like, whoa. Um, I want to talk about the LARP and, and yeah. something that I think was we we kind of get the sense i think they're 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 trying to give off the sense that the people that larp are like i feel like they're trying to say that they're kind of stupid or they're kind of aloof is is how i feel like it's presented um i think so yeah but i i i very much enjoyed that when paul rudd's little kills the king and causes yeah. a scuffle and he gets kicked out that the resolution is Paul Rudd going to the diner and saying he, he goes up to the he goes up to their table and he's like, I'm sorry. I know he was crazy. I cast a spell of unbreakable madness on him. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the king who is played by Ken. Ken Jong. Yeah. Ken Jong is like, well, that was stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's totally buys it. Totally buys it. Totally buys it. I I love this. I love this the straight acting through that. It's like I think yeah. if he had gone there and he said anything else, you could fully believe that they would have been like, no, you're not allowed to come back. You like you assaulted me. But like yeah. his character at this turning point breaks down, accepts like in a world that these people care about this thing. And he's like, ah. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> OK, <laughs> I love that scene. And like the like, obvious hostility between the two factions. But like they're at a fucking diner and he like looks over to the other henchman. He's like, oh, hey, how's it going? Like they're just kind of nodding. <laughs> it's like it's totally casual still. And I think moments like that yeah. really like humanize this absurd circumstance. When the centaur so kills better. him because he's just in his normal clothes, like a polo oh, yeah. and like khakis. <laughs> and the centaur kills him like and hits him like five times. And Paul is like, okay, enough, right? And the centaur yeah. goes, hey, pretty fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so he's stupid. like, yeah, we need more people. Yeah, yeah sign up. 
and like it's movies like this that kind of has that D and D effect, I think, too, with like Stranger Things, where it kind of just normalizes this really obscure movie thing, and you watch it, and you're kind of like, oh, this is this looks kind of fun, and you see characters like Sean William Scott get like super fucking into it, everyone buys in, and it looks really like big and ridiculous. I feel like this is what kind of normalized nerdiness too in the 2000s. Well, even more, I I told one hundred percent agree. I think the most important thing that happened was Augie's parents. When Paul Rudd is at dinner with them, and then they're like, well, finally, he's giving up that LARP stuff because he got kicked out. And Paul Rudd's like, you know, he shouldn't have to give it up. Like, I would be psyched if he was my kid. And that was unexpected. That was off the top (laughs) rope. That was, like, so crazy. Because, like, when growing up, I've always heard, like, you know, from my family and stuff, just be just be a normal kid, like, go play sports and stuff. And, like, I did. But, like, yeah. at the same time, I just want to pretend I'm slaying orcs out there, and I want that to be <laughs> cool. And, like, you guys helped normalize that for me when I finally found, like, friends who were like, yeah, we that's what we want to do, too. It's okay. <laughs> we're totally normal people. Like, we, like, well. the, we no, yeah, but seriously, podcast. like we, we weren't like <laughs> knowing you guys growing up. It was different because I was like, oh, these people are into that stuff and they they're not too weird. Right. Yeah. It goes to show that you should just accept pretty much anything that somebody's doing as long as they're not harming a living yeah, creature. Yeah, or you, yeah. Right. Even the weirdos, dude. It's like we all have something to offer. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe you should check out their dope thing unless unless it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> also, like the lair outfits uh are killer fucking good yeah they're so good even like the 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 makeshift quote-unquote kiss outfits they made i was like okay that's just the costumes department going fucking ham (laughs) making the sickest medieval like kiss outfits uh i i I enjoyed that whole sequence so like how did this movie wrap up was it he sings a fucking two minute long song to his then ex-girlfriend and then she decides to get back together with him paul rudd being him (laughs) yes yes and then uh they win the larp off right they lose Uh, well they win and then they lose they kill the king and then um augie's love interest comes up and stabs him she was like i was hiding in the woods and he was like great play i like that too that was good yeah i like that he owned up and then uh i also like before they all reconciled like sean william scott's line to uh the kid's mom was like all I'm saying is, when I get out of prison, can I hang out with your 10-year-old son? <laughs> <laughs> like, the way he delivered that line was, I think, like, it was so funny. And she was like, yeah, yeah. And they were skipping also their, like, court date, weren't they, to go play LARP? Yeah. yeah. Um, don't blame them. That shit's boring. <laughs> and I know it's going to happen really anyway. <laughs> yeah. Might as well fucking LARP on your way down. The fucking, the, the dirtiness of the, oh, I know the judge. I can get your sentence changed. <laughs> like, it's like, if you just do what I tell you, it's like, oh, that's fucked up. Brother, I got some bad news for you. <laughs> we almost had a courtroom scene, Ryan. We almost, we almost had your, uh, your, no, I, that's movie. part of my notes. It's like the, um, the, all those scenes are fine. Like, that's the yeah. way it works. <laughs> it's the most realistic courtroom Yeah, it's movie the most realistic so movie. Like, well, you guys are fucked. Is what she yeah. said. <laughs> like, that's exactly what happens. Yeah, we haven't uh, talked before, about Elizabeth Banks, yeah. but I, oh, thought, yeah, Elizabeth, she did, I yeah. thought she did a really good job. Her character was very well-rounded. <laughs> yeah. um, she's often given these really strange roles in comedies. Think mm-hmm. about, like, the 40-year-old virgin and stuff like that. She gets these roles that are very difficult to pull off. And in this one, she's kind of like the adult who has her shit together 
and is being drugged down by Paul Rudd not having his shit together. And that, once again, is like not funny. That's like a relatable thing in real life. Yeah. And for them to put that in a comedy, I like I I do like that because by the end of it, you kind of know everything's going to work out, right? It's not like a drama where someone's going to get stabbed or hit by a bus or something. Her interplay, I really like those scenes where uh, Sean William Scott and uh, Paul Rudd are like in her law office. <laughs> And she's having to just like mediate between the two of them. I love that dynamic too, where she's trying to break it up with Paul Rudd and she's like, we can't fucking see each other. But then before she walks out the door, she's like, but if you need legal advice, I guess you you can just, you can call (laughs) and just like new shit keeps happening. Uh, I thought that was really funny. Do they get back together? Yeah. Yeah. It's the whole end yeah. song. He sings that big song. Does he sing Rocky Like a Hurricane? Was that what it was? No, he improvs no. a song. But it was to the tune of Rocky Like a Hurricane, wasn't it? Oh. I don't think so. That's a, it was a Scorpion, Scorpion song. song. Yeah, because that was that the plays. karaoke in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think so. Uh, well, do you guys want to get into the meters yeah. for this thing? Mm-hmm. Our shenometers where we judge how Sean this movie was. Uh, Ryan, was it? Uh, do you go first? Yeah, mm. I'm gonna, it's my pick, so I'll go first. Yeah, so independent of our what we think about the movie, I'll rate my sean meter I guys, I think this is gonna be a nine. I'm just gonna come out and say it. The only Ooh. thing in my mind, the only thing is missing is the caw caw, because <laughs> he has he's on the cover, he's in the credits, he's the number two, he's not the number one. Remember. I don't want him to be the number one guy because that's not a Sean William Scott movie. He's always the sidekick. And I think he really is like a 1B in this movie. And that's very much what I imagined him to be because this is probably one of the first, let's be real, in my adult, not even adult, but my young adult life, teenager's life, this is the one of the first movies I saw of his. So like, this is very close to the perfect Sean William Scott movie. And I don't got anything bad to say about his performance either. This is not like a dude where's my car situation when you're not sure how much is the script and directing and how much is him uh he 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 brings his comedy chops and he's a stud man oh man <laughs> i want his i want his arm routine um so yeah i'm gonna go ahead and give it a nine all right a nine a nine's a good score uh ryan and i think you made some good points here uh, I was looking through the role mo- model's uh, entire script and control effing because I think this is our first uh, movie where they don't say the movie title in the movie. That's been consistent across all of Sean's movies, uh, which you feel like they would be a really easy shoe in This is here, the easiest one. I know, and I I didn't write it in my notes because I didn't find it because I always try to make that note. I just control F'd and I did not find it in the entirety of this movie script. What uh, are we, like Shane some kind Lynch of role models? Yeah, yeah uh, I was thinking about this. Pound for pound, Swiss was really delivering here. I think he had a really high hit rate with jokes, I think for me, even though they were fucking terrible. <laughs> I think just his delivery and his ability to sell some of these personalities, I think is so good. I think he was deployed extremely well in this movie. Um, and I think if you like Sean, you get a lot of him here and you get a lot of him playing to his strengths where he's kind of the really wet character uh, playing off of kind of a straight man, which I think is ideal for Sean. Uh, he sacrificed himself to save Paul Paul Rudd at the end you know, where he jumps in front of the, the foam baffle sword, which I think was also really funny. Uh, the way he buys in 150% in all of his movies, it's, it's exhibited here as well. I think I'm also going to give it a nine. I think you could get higher. It's still possible, but this is a really well-rounded Sean, Sean movie. I don't have anything intelligent to say. Say like Sean, baby. I like him, though. Might as well <laughs> give him a nine. Well, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think he had the, I think the one point, uh, I'm comparing this maybe to the rundown. Okay. I think he had the little bit of extra zest and screen time and fucked up comedic input to the film that, you know, I, I would agree that this movie can be a nine for me. Indubitably. I am suffering from watching this movie 10 days ago, <laughs> and I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. If you point blank ask someone like who watched role models 10 days ago just <laughs> give a full <laughs> review for two hours <laughs> they'd be like foaming at the mouth i think that that's funny because like my view of like the different levels of education is like explain something in a certain amount of wor- words or cer- for a certain amount of yeah. time like elementary school is okay explain this in five seconds let's let's take if we're talking about the constitution right Elementary school is explained the Constitution in five seconds. Um, it made the United States. Boom. High school is yeah. explained it in like 15 seconds. Um, it's a document that was written in like 1789, and it contains the Bill of Rights, which give us all the amendments and shit. And then college is like, okay, you got like two minutes. Explain the Constitution. And then you go on and on and on for a couple more minutes about who, maybe who wrote it. Maybe give a couple examples. And then law school is like, Okay, what's the Constitution? Here's four hours, and yeah. you have to like, like, like break it down like line by line, kind of thing. And like our podcast is the four hours version it's with a lot stupid cool. shit that we watched ten days ago. It's like <laughs> about Sean. Like if someone now was like talk for four hours about Sean William Scott, boy yeah. could I. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's so funny. And I think it maybe gives a good perspective about what we're what we do here. Like we give deep dives on some really dumb stuff. If Berkeley had one of those build your own curriculums, we could teach a PhD level class on Sean William Scott. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll jump right meter. into my yeah. movie meter. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry about that mid rant. Uh, I liked I, I liked this movie. I hate to say it. There's a couple scenes that I wish I you know wish weren't in it. And that's one thing too, is like take the unrated version, but give me the rated version. I don't care about like the nudity and stuff. I'm I'm really not bothered by that. But take out the culturally insensitive or stuff that hasn't aged well. <laughs> like I, I think that if you take out all the bad stuff, this is a good movie. And it's 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 so it's very difficult to place. I I really enjoyed watching this movie. It, I love David Wayne. The running joke of Ken Marino talking in people's personal space uh is so funny i laughed my ass off and it wasn't even a real joke it's just a big wide shot and ken marino is standing like two inches from paul rudd's face uh just stupid stuff like that 80 miles pooping in a bucket um i'm think i'm gonna go ahead and give it a seven if it was cleaned up a little bit it could go up in the eight or nine territory um i mean it's it's on the comedy curve but uh there's a couple things that don't sit well with me I'd like some of the longer comedy scenes I thought were done poorly, such as the coffee shop scene. That is big on Boomergram. Oh my God. With like him being like, oh, you want Starbucks? But it's like all these different sizes and like, what's a venti? (laughs) And like, congratulations, you're stupid in four languages. Like the point in this movie is really that he's the dumbass. He's being a dick, yeah. He's not only being an asshole, but he doesn't understand that venti stands for 20 and it's a 20 ounce drink. And he's trying to sound pretentious and saying, like, you guys are idiots trying to look cool by using different languages, but you really mean dumb things. 
like people cut off the end of that scene where he gets put in his place and they they use it to bash on i think our generation right um those millennials right and, and so stuff like that like i feel like keegan michael key was underutilized but i thought this was good i paul rudd is like the perfect stand-in for a normal person i can't like fault him for being kind of uninteresting I kind of didn't like how he was a Debbie Downer. So it, it's no Wet Hot American Summer, but I, I enjoy it and I'd recommend it with a couple caveats. So I'll give it a seven. Yeah, Ryan. I mean, I, I pretty much agree there. Like watching this movie, I, I was surprised by like how much I laughed at it too, or laughed with it, I should say, because we've watched a lot of comedies on this podcast and a lot of ones from this era too that like I was also, I was disgusted by and I didn't laugh. But I couldn't say that about this movie. Like, it was actually had really good comedy in here. I think the strength of, like, the improv cast really showed here. Um, and there's a reason why it was, like, so successful. People still quote this shit. They still make memes of shit. <laughs> Even that Boomergram thing's still popular. Like, it made an impact, and I think it was really successful. And honestly, for the time, I think it, it could have been, cons like, considered, like, a good movie. It's only now, like, looking back that I'm, like, finding issues with it. Watching this when I was, like, 13, 14 years old, holy shit, I thought it was, like, the funniest movie ever. <laughs> I think all of the characters did, a, actors did, like, a really good job. I really bought into Paul Rudd and Swiss's, like, chemistry together. I think the whole movie's kind of sold on their, like, buddy-buddy relationship. I agree that Paul Rudd's character was just, like, so fucking depressing to watch, but it was a nice foil for me for Swiss's character, who was just very, very on. Uh, there was shit that was relatable in here. I think we found, like, an intersection between, like, real adult issues and the complete absurdity of this world that they live in, too. I really liked, we talked about the whole, like, LARPing conversation, uh, like, how it just touches on that. I love, like, things touching into, like, obscure nerdom at the time. I think most people have never heard of LARPing before this movie, and they made it seem kind of fun and cool, which which kind of says a lot. Uh, this movie overall was a pretty fun watch. It's not perfect. I'm going to give it a six. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna give it like a solid regular thumbs up. I think Sean was good in this I enjoyable watch w with again some caveats. <laughs> I don't think this happens too often. Me giving the movie uh, the lowest score. Oh shit. Um. Oh no, I should change uh, it. Oh god. <laughs> um. I'm I'm just I'm cutting it straight down the middle. I think this movie is more enjoyable to think about watching and to rem reminisce uh, than it was to watch because like hmm. I, I was psyched for role models this whole time um like the whole season i was like oh that's a movie that's gonna come up it's gonna clap it's gonna be great and it, it is pretty funny to me that in the probably maybe i don't know eight years since i've watched it that uh it's kind of completely changed and you know it, this is a powerhouse comedy in the 2000s and like we we said you know in 2008 this is a hit it's making the jokes that every other movie is making you know it's pretty much made eight or nine or ten of the jokes that I forget what movie Ben Affleck was in, but we we fucking dogged on it. Um, which not cl uh, the, the clerks, not clerks. Oh, uh, oh god, Amy. dude, chasing Amy. Where we just we just <laughs> vicious like that movie wasn't funny, and then it yeah. had like the it had the same comedy as this movie, and yeah. and it was bad, and we just viciously shit on it for like two hours straight. Um, yeah, and but. But you're right. At the same time, there are some things that just like hit and that make you feel like these actors committed to their role and being in character. And I still think now um, I would have told you five years ago that I thought something blah, blah, blah was the funniest scene. 
I loved Paul Rudd walking up to that table and being like, sorry, I cast Unbreakable Madness on him. Can we please come back to the game? And then being totally human about it and be like, okay, you can come back. Five. That's higher than I thought we'd give this movie. Yeah. Like across the board. Yeah. yeah. I think Jace like, is right. <laughs> Ages yeah, in the I, bottle. I think so too. I think even an average of five is higher than I thought. Like going into this episode, like before we saw the movie and everything, I thought we'd all give it like ones or twos. And, you know, you look at the art Rotten Tomato score on this movie too. It's like, it's not that favorable either. People don't look very ki- uh, kindly on this movie's history. Uh, maybe deserved, who knows? But uh, there you have it, folks. That's our review of Role Models. Hit us up on the socials. If you've got feelings about this movie, have you watched it recently? It's been like, what, almost 15 years or some shit? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> wow. Like, kids who were born when this movie came out are like sophomores in high school right Dude, now. Dude, stop. Like, <laughs> fucking crazy. Driving, probably driving. Uh, let us know what you think and shit. Like, <laughs> subscribe, fried. smash that five right, button yeah, after listening to our audio for 30 seconds on button, Spotify. Bro. And uh, please, for the God, tell us what we're watching so we can leave. Yeah. Is it me? Is it me? It is you. All right, I've got this pre-picked. We, it, this is season. This is episode eight. Next, next episode, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's your last pick. I'm gonna pick Goon for this one. Nice. I'm gonna pick Goon. Great time to watch. Uh, Stanley Cup yeah. playoffs are yeah. going on it's right now. And the Kraken Jace. just advanced to the second round. Oh shit. Hopefully we'll have some good news uh, next time we review this. Uh, we're watching Goon. If you folks at home want to watch along, go ahead. It's on Pluto TV. I think it's on HBO and Netflix, too. I see it all the time. It came out in 2011. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully it'll hold up. I don't know. But catch us next week with Goon. Do you guys want to close out here with a Seanism? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Ryan, I think that's uh, you. Yeah. Wait. Until. Dinner. <laughs> Why? What the fuck, Ryan? <laughs> How the okay? Wait until dinner. Why? Question mark. Is this a sentence? <laughs> Is this a sentence? There's a there's a semicolon. Oh 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 okay 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 thank you thank you okay. <laughs> Reindeer. Games. <laughs> Doesn't actually jive. <laughs> These are just getting worse. <laughs> I don't know what message we're trying to send to people. <laughs> I could see him say that, saying that. Yeah. I feel like he could say that. 